0: Welcome on into the Jazz Talk podcast. I am your host CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we will be covering the Jazz's most recent win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and taking a look ahead at what we're gonna, what the Jazz will be facing against with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So first off, the Jazz were able to pull off a win last night, uh, one hundred nine to one hundred eight to the to the Cavaliers. The game got a lot closer at the end than what it was throughout the whole game and the Cavaliers were within inches of winning this game Um, it was 109 to 108 there was I think about 6 or 7 seconds left on the the game clock Cavaliers had the ball Darius Garland goes up shoots a 3 that almost hits and then while Rudy Jared Allen, Evan Mobley all those big guys in the Near the basket, are fighting for the rebound. The ball gets tipped up towards the basket, almost goes in again, and then on the second tip, the ball almost goes in. And finally, the clock ran out before the Cavaliers could get the ball to go in the hole. Um, but other than those last, you know, few seconds, it was a pretty good game for the Jazz. Um, they weren't the most amazing offensive team like they were against the Celtics. Um, a couple of nights before that, but they they were solid on the offensive end, and then on the defense, they struggled at times. Um, but again, they were able to get the job done. This is, a, you know, this is a Jazz team that against a team like the Cavs, they should, you know, be beating them by you know eight ten points every time they play them. They're not a bad team. They're actually probably going to make it to the Eastern Conference playoffs this year. They're just not on that same level as the Jazz. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's another win. Um, You know, when you get to the end of the season and they're counting up wins and losses, they don't count up how much you won by. Um, So big thing is getting the W. Um, One of the big things that happened last night, though, was Hassan Whiteside was out of the game. He's got some sort of muscle strain in his glutes. Um, Don't know exactly when he'll be back. But because of that, and with Yudoka Azubuki's ankle being injured, um, the Jazz got to play around with the Rudy Gay small ball five lineups. Um, And they had pretty decent success. They They weren't as good as the Rudy Gobert lineups, but they were actually above average on the offensive end and right around league average on the defensive end. Now, of course, this is just one game. But the Cavaliers are massive. They play three seven-footers in the starting lineup. They bring two guys that are around 6'9", 6'10", um, off the bench to replace those guys. They're, they're huge. And for the Jazz to switch to a lineup that was, you know, Rudy Gay, who's 6'8", Joe Engel, 6'8", um, Jordan Clarkson, 6'5", Donovan Mitchell, 6'1", and then... Um, trying to think of how they, who the other guy, probably Bogdanovich was the other guy in that lineup. Um, without Hassan, the, the Jazz decided to go to just an eight-man rotation instead of adding Pascal into the lineup or Mie Oni or somebody like that, um, but those lineups were relatively successful. Um, Donovan Mitchell looks like he's starting to really find his groove. He went, had another 30-point game in this one. Um, Rudy Gobert was a monster on the boards. Uh, Pulled down 20 rebounds, blocked five shots. He only scored six points, but all of them were important. And one of them was a huge dunk. Um, I think the game was either tied or the Jazz were down by one. Rudy grabs an offensive board, dribbles right around Jared Allen. And if, Jared, and if Rudy had just laid the ball up, Jared Allen would have blocked it, but Rudy threw it down. Um, and it was one of those big plays that had to happen for the Jazz to win this game. Um, Rudy Gay, in his time as the center, again, on the defensive end, he's, he's a smaller guy, but he's got a lot of strength and can hold his position. He did pretty well there. Um, but with the extended playing time, was able to put up 18 points, I think eight boards. Um you know, just look looks solid, um, and this is a lineup that the Jazz I think are going to go to a lot in the playoffs. Um, you know, having Hassan around for the regular season is huge. Um, just helps with the wear and tear on both r- both the Rudy's, uh, Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert. Um, but I think when you, when they get into the playoffs and it's getting into crunch time and defenses are really clamping down, they're going to need the more offensive type guy in in Rudy Gay to, uh, to play more of the minutes in that situation. So it was kind of cool to see, um, the Jazz get to play with that, that small ball lineup quite a bit in this game. Um, not sure on the, uh, status for Hassan Whiteside going into the next one, um, last thing I got to say, um, on this last game is this Cavaliers team there, they're on their way. Um, as long as they don't screw things up, I think they have a team that with a few more additions, a couple tweaks in a year or two could be, you know, in the top four seeds of the Eastern conference and, you know, battling their way in the playoffs. Um, they've got good young bigs, Darius Garland is, looks like he's the real deal at the point guard position. Um, the big thing for them is going to be finding wings. Um, you know, Isaac Okoro is a really good athlete and a good defender, um, but I don't know if you really want him as your starting two or three. And then after him, really all they have is Chetty Osman, and he's, you know, he's a decent player off the bench. But you know, that's that's really going to be the deciding factor on this team is whether they're, you know, a solid team in the East or are they actually going to be a really competitive team that can give the Bucks and the Nets and uh, 76ers a lot of trouble. But moving on to the next game, the Jazz are going to be playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a team that poses a lot of issues for them. First off, Carl Anthony Towns is an amazing offensive center, and he's so good from three that he can space Rudy Gobera. He can get Rudy to come out to the three to have to guard him if Rudy comes out too far to try and stop him from shooting threes. Um, Carl has the uh, the ability to put the ball on the floor and get all the way to the basket if need be. Um, and then the rest of the talent around them, you know, they have D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Well, last year, the, the uh, Timberwolves, their whole plan of attack against the Jazz was spread them out and then attack the basket like crazy. And Anthony Edwards and uh DeAndre Russell and Malik Beasley put up a lot of points against this Jazz team because they really do struggle when Rudy Gobert is not able to be right underneath the basket to to clean up all the messes so this is gonna be a tough game you know for the Jazz um Chris Finch who's the coach of the the Timberwolves like looks like he's a, a great fit there um The one place where the Jazz, I think, can really, really have the advantage is the fact that the Jazz, on their offensive end, put four shooters around one dominant rim rolling big, whether it be Rudy or Hassan, and um, the Timberwolves, they play their three offensive guys, you know, um, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns, but along with them, they play just straight defensive guys that aren't going to be able to help space the floor, which will actually help give somebody, um, for Rudy to guard. Um, you know, you could always, instead of putting Rudy on Carl Anthony towns, put you know, Bogdanovich on him. And then Rudy's just there to help out. Um, if Carla gets by, by bogey, um, you know, they'll play Jared Vanderbilt, Josh Kogi, Jaden Daniels, um, you know, as their as their wings, their forwards, and those guys really aren't very good shooters, and so it'll help the Jazz on the defensive end. Um, on the offensive end, though, I feel like um, Josh Kogi can ch- can cause a lot of problems for Donovan Mitchell, and so this is a game where and for uh, Jordan Clarkson, but. And then they got Patrick Beverley coming off the bench. Sometimes he starts, but I think he'll most likely come off the bench. And he's another guy that can cause problems for both Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. So the big uh, focus for the Jazz in this game is going to be keeping the ball moving. Don't go ISO against these really good perimeter defenders. Keep the ball moving. Find open threes. Um, And when Rudy's open force the ball into Rudy or Hassan if he's playing and you know the biggest thing against this this Timberwolves team is to not get stagnant and make them work because if you go ISO there they have some they have a few guys on the court that are such good defenders that you're not going to be able to to beat them you know on a on a possession by possession basis. Every now and then, yeah, you'll get past Beverly or Okoge, but for the most part, they got to keep the ball moving, move without the ball, and get themselves open shots that way. Um, I think the Jazz should definitely have the advantage in this game. The Timberwolves have gotten better, um, especially since Chris Finch took over as their head coach, but they're still not Anywhere near the level of team that the Jazz are. But the Jazz really need to be careful in this one. If they fall asleep in this game, they don't take it seriously. Anthony Edwards will put up 30 and Malik Beasley will come off the bench and put up another 20. And you know, they'll they'll beat them up um, if the Jazz aren't ready to go. Um, but with that, I'm gonna go ahead and end this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um hope you have a great day and go jazz.